Rain, rain is here, and it's election day. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday. Like I said, election day. I looked down uh, November eighth, two thousand twenty-two. It's the Mariah Carey season again. It's always Mariah Carey. Season. That's Ian Ferguson and his great true classic T-shirt. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we're talking about uh, we got stuff going. We got on. stuff to talk about. We got uh, we got more heritage auction results. Uh, we have uh, Billy Mitchell back in the news. Mitchell. Uh, Standard Time Sucks, which we'll get into, and more. Um, I love Columbo. We talked about Columbo a bit. Yep. I've started watching it on Freebie, whatever that is. Listen to that if you want on the exclusive podcast, patreon.com slash CU podcast. Nothing matters with Pat and Ian. What do you love, Ian? I love the NBA app. It's solid. Like I said, they upgraded. If you had it last year, Ian. I did not. It was very different on the TV. It was bad. I've never used apps for sports. For anything um but i downloaded it yesterday because i was gonna go play pinball there's a tournament tonight so i wanted to go practice a little bit but i wanted to watch the pistons game so i downloaded the app signed into league pass um and you know watching it on the phone is watching it on the phone but it was honestly i think there were less hiccups on the phone than there were on the pc in, wow in terms of streaming and i was i wasn't streaming it from a network either i was like streaming it at the bar and it was coming oh. through smooth um, do you have the live live stats option like you do on the TV? On TV, you, cl- you click a button, you get the stats updated for every player. Oh, really? Goes, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, Very interesting. But the one thing I did do that I know people have been doing forever, so allow me, welcome me into modern times. Uh, I set up the app to send me notifications on on how teams are doing, so I don't have to like uh, if I'm out, I still get I get a I get tip off, first quarter update, halftime update, third quarter. Game end and then highlights. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you got to see Detroit take on the defending champions. Yeah, uh, and, and Curry strapped the team on his back. No, Detroit <laughs> didn't take him. Uh, well, no, last night was Kings. Oh, that's right, it was Kings. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, was rooting for the Kings. Detroit. They played them did, last week. Uh, yeah, and they they did win against uh, Golden that's State. Right. It was the end of the back to back. And then that's they right. um they won against OKC last night. It's I mean they only have three wins. That's right. You follow the Kings because you're a weirdo. That's right. You like the Kings. I, I don't like <laughs> follow them, but they're my California exception, and I will root for them as long as they are not playing against a team that I am more dedicated to. Like the Pistons. Yeah. I, it, it, the, the hierarchy goes like Pistons, Blazers, and then I just like a lot of teams, but eh, the Kings. Blazers are doing well this year oh, so Blazers far. Are doing People weren't expecting that. Dave is uh, back and he's healthy. I think so. they're seven three right now. Pistons are three seven. Uh, you advanced to four seven last night. Well, not me personally, but yes. Yeah, and Lakers. Oh, did the Lakers lose last night? Yeah. Oh yeah, they lost. Fuck yeah! So they are worse than the Pistons. Oh no, Lakers aren't going the, anywhere. I know, but I'm just like <laughs> Pistons are better than the and Lakers, I, I, and I that think, makes me happy. I'm that, rooting for like the lower parts of the bracket here. I, I think LeBron might be hurt. He's not himself either. That or Father Time finally cut off to him. <sighs> That's, it, it happens. It's happened, with, it's happened with Brady right now where yeah. you can't play forever. Kareem yep. played till he was like 40-41. You know, and, and you know, it's it, you can't do it forever. LeBron's going to turn 38. And he's been playing in the league like 20 years almost. This 20 season. That's a lot of wear and tear. Are the so, Lakers the worst team in the NBA right now? Uh, I don't know. You can look they're it two, up. They're 2-8. and eight. Um, I was going to say. We're back on standard time here in, in, in the U.S. And uh, I, I'm a proponent for getting rid of standard time and going to daylight savings, which means that it's darker in the morning and it's lighter at night. That's why it's called daylight savings. Um, 
I think. I don't know why they chose yes. it. So earlier in March this year, we were happy that the Senate unanimously passed the law saying that we were going to get done with going back and forth, that this would be technically the last time we'd go through this cycle, that once we sprung forward, spring 2023, that'd be it. We'd be done with this charade. I didn't realize it never went to the House for a vote. So now it's in jeopardy of not happening at all because the House won't even bring it to a vote on the floor because it seems like Congress people don't know what their constituents want. And it's like, why don't you fucking find out? You've had several months. The Senate knows. The Senate, unanimous. It was 98 to nothing. I don't know the two people that didn't vote on it or whatever it was. Can we get done with this? It sucks. My Your sleep gets fucked with. I, I Already, I, I was more tired in the first day and a half of this. Our circadian rhythms are all screwy because of this. And the only argument I hear for keeping this around is because of ch- uh, school children in the morning being too dark. That's the only argument I have ever heard for 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 still going through this bullshit every year that's well, it uh, um, yes which i think they'll be fine they're gonna be fine they'll live they're gonna well, be so fine most will live here's the point if, if you're that concerned start classes later. later do that start your work later if you're concerned about being dark in the morning because it that, screws with everyone else's lives on the planet i think the, the bigger problem is that uh the one that i hear about is that people in the middle states mm-hmm. like the flyover states they're going to get hit the most. Like, I think that they won't see sunlight until something like nine or nine 30 or something ridiculous like that. There's a few spots in the U S where in the like, morning, in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where it will be dark for a very, very long time in the morning. Yeah, and and I think it's later that's, at night. Yeah. So I, yeah, it evens whatever. out it's the same amount. Mexico got rid of it. They got rid of it. They're done with this going back and forth stuff. They're done. And there's uh, many States have already voted to get rid of it. Arizona doesn't do it. Arizona, uh, part of the year, it's exactly on San Diego time, and then they're an hour uh, ahead other parts of the year. So they don't do it anymore. Um, I hope more and more states do it to force the Fed. States have voted on it to get rid of it if it federally goes through. But Arizona somehow does it on their own. I don't know why. Right. But um, I I wish states would just say, screw it. We're going to just start doing it. We're going to just do it on our own, and and the states all unionize and do it. That's what I hope. (laughs) Because if you look up um, the sleep patterns and the psychology, it's bad for people. It's bad. Sure. It's bad. Um, it's Even, just, I mean, lots of people are like, oh, gaining an hour of sleep is better, but it still screws you up. No, it gets lighter earlier, so then you're going to get up earlier. Mm-hmm. And then at night, you get depressed more because of the darkness. And then someone brought an argument be about uh, it leads to more accidents at night. Because you're driving in more darkness, especially coming home from work. You might, you're more likely, especially, uh, it happened to my father, he hit a deer with his car once, sure. totaled his car. Uh, that happens in some of the states. Oh, you're Buffalo, like, New York. Yeah. All the time. So you're, you're risking that end of it. That's super common. Because instead of it getting dark at like, you know, like at 7 or 7.30 or 6, now it's getting dark at 4.30 or 5, and people are driving home at 6, and it's a lot harder, and it sucks. I'm sorry. There's going to be a few people in the comments say we're crazy, and this is why, but I think 90% of people want to get rid of this. Yeah, just, no, I think a lot of people do uh, want to get rid of it. It's, it's, it's old-fashioned and pointless. Spring forward, and we're done. And if we're worried about little school children, well, adjust the school schedule. Have them start school at like 8.30 instead of 7.30 or whatever. I think I used to start, I used to start school at, uh, what time I used to start school? Like 7.50 grammar school? Uh, uh, yeah, that's so, a, I think that's what time I started high school. It was like 7.55, yeah. I think, was home. Because I used to get picked up in the bus like 7.25. Because <laughs> I'd get there at like 7.30. I used to get picked up, I used to get picked up like 7.20, 7.25, get to school at like 7.40, something like that. God, I used to start school so early, thinking back. I used to get up for high school at 6 a.m. 
or before. I think it was a six. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think um, one, get up at six thirty, shower. It took me seven minutes to walk to school. Oh, you walked to school yeah. back in my day. Oh, it was like, I, I, like I said, seven minutes. It's like three, four blocks away. It take, took no time. Well, public schools always started later than, than uh, private schools because we would. We oh, this would... is public. I started at seven fifty-five. Oh, okay, yeah, that was early. Then I think I started. Early. I think I started seven thirty. Uh, high school. It was early. Okay, yeah, I mean that. Seven, it was, sure, but we got out at like two. We got out like about yeah. I didn't 1 get out until like two fifty-five. I think. I think we got out one fifty or one fifty-five. Was ever for two. So whatever. What else is going on? Let's get through this podcast. Twitter's a mess. Twitter's an absolute mess. We'll see where it goes. Um, so uh, I'm just having fun watching Elon Musk tweet through it because he is he's destroying it every day. Uh, supposedly, there was a really bad call with advertisers because all the advertisers and some of the advertisers when he was talking about like that meeting, Basically. he was misrepresenting it, and some of the advertisers came at him and was like, "No, this is what happened in the meeting." Elon. Oh, really? Yeah. And then so, he blocked okay. the one advertiser. So Elon overpaid. Uh, he bought Twitter for $44 billion. Uh, estimates he overpaid by $20, 25000000000 because he's a dummy. I mean, he's a dummy. It's, ne- it's never been a profitable business. Nope. Um, so it never, he'll never break even on it. Um, it's just how much money is he going to lose? So um, they're going to do this $8 verification thing. Before now, like I'm verified my main account. Ian was before he could no, get. I was, I was, okay, I was never right, verified. Right. I never went after it. Um, so you verified meaning that no one can impersonate you. And that was for journalists, for public figures, for politicians, for governments. Right. So that no one can fuck around. Uh, but that's, that's what it was for. Um, now it's going to be for anyone who pays eight bucks a month. Yep. Which could lead to haywire. Because now people could uh, register and then do something and try to impersonate. It'll be a lot harder to know what's going on uh, on there. And it's just a bad idea. And I think the bigger problem is, is you know, he says, oh, long gone is the lords and serfs uh, uh, method for, uh, you know, lords uh, and serfs. You guys, people pay money for, for something. That was a free. Right. Exactly. Uh, so now it really is, like it's, it's just it's hilarious. Now you're asking people to pay money for something. And he said algorithm ads priority of replies and whatnot is all going yes. to be based on whether or not you have the check mark or not so you're uh, monetizing i, I just it, yeah. he's an incredibly huge idiot you're literally separating it into yes. two classes the haves and the have nots on you're, Twitter. you're monetizing uh you're basically dividing free speech by if you're paying or not and then people say well pat if you if you if you have money you shouldn't worry about it if you're well it's not just rich people that are verified it's people that are journalists in like smaller countries third world mm-hmm. nations it's very important for these people to stay verified for lots of different reasons. So, so there's not a lot of misinformation out there. People don't uh, misrepresent them or impersonate them. So it's uh, it's bad. Uh, it's bad. And now the advertising is going is going to be gone supposedly going forward. Apparently, the gone. advertisers um, have been leaving in droves. Oh yeah, uh, they had like I said they had a meeting. And then supposedly on the spot during the call, advertisers pulled their ads out. Oh, yeah. They were like, like adjusting like budgets during the meeting and pulling uh, stuff. A- advertisers, Twitter, people overemphasize, I think. They, it's un- underemphasized at some points. But Twitter, um, not everyone's on Twitter still. Yes, a lot of people use it. But not everyone's on it so much so that the advertisers need it. As no, they don't. Advertise. That's, what, that's, that's the key. This is... This is pocket change to Coca-Cola to advertise on on Twitter. Pocket right. change. They don't need Twitter to sell Coca-Cola no. or to sell Audis or to sell, you know, luxury from cars. From what I'm reading, a lot uh, of it is holdovers from, you know, just individual people developing good business relationships with uh-huh. these companies at Twitter. And they constantly kept up on them. They'd be like, hey, advertise with us. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Here's some money. But now those people are gone. So 
Yeah. So I don't all know. All of your contacts are gone. And then n- a lot of people are going to refuse to do the $8. I don't think I will. I think it's not, not that it's insulting, but uh, Stephen King had, had a great tweet. It's like, you should be paying me to write content yes. because like the, 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 the people are the, are the, are the content on Twitter. Yeah. We are the content. We produce uh, the content that people want to read or interact with. That's the difference. Now you're making us customers when we are the reason the platform exists in the first place. The same thing with YouTube is if, is if you charge people to upload on YouTube, it would be weird. Uh, to do that from what i have heard if you previously had a check mark they will not take it away if you do not pay oh he was originally saying that you would have to pay for it but now it seems like they are doubling back on that because they realize like if people like taylor swift leave the platform and 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 big um famous people like they're the reason people interact with it like it's ins- it'd be insulting to say hey taylor swift pay eight bucks hey lebron james pay sure. eight bucks a month you'd be like what like what are you kidding me yeah, like why me. would i do that like, yeah. Why would I do that? Absolutely I'm not. The reason the platform is popular. Like that's what these people would say. So we'll see. Um, is Twitter too big to fail? I don't know. We've seen other social media platforms come and go. I do not think um, it's too big to fail. I don't think any social media platform is too big to fail. It's been um, ingrained now for like 13 years, though. About so, like 14 years, almost 15 years. So I don't know. It's that's- it's useful, and I think people are not going to vacate it as quickly as people think. Because whatever, it's been run like shit before. Uh, I think it's comforting for a lot of people. Sure. Mastodon's overly confusing. Not a lot of people like Discord. There's no tri- one wants to go back to Facebook. Tribal is, is another one that starts sure. to come up. One, I don't know. So, we'll uh, yeah, I guess we'll see on that. But nothing's too big to fail. Everyone was on MySpace at one point. Every single person was on MySpace. <laughs> and like you said, Facebook has fallen out of favor. Young people are not on Facebook. That's, that's, oh, yeah. That's, no. that's like watching cable news you know facebook so we'll see are you talking about your marvel snap experiences yeah i'll i'll kind of rush through it but uh i've been playing a lot of marvel snap uh marvel snap if you've been online anywhere you you probably have not been able to avoid people talking about it or ads for it um it's a card battler that goes extremely quickly it's six turns that's it um, and everything is played at the same time. So cards are flipped at the same time. It's not turns. It's it, it's not like I take a turn and you take a turn and I take a turn and you take a turn. It's play your cards face down, reveal them at the same time. Um, I really enjoyed it. Basically, there's three bases. The goal is to control two or three of the bases at the, uh, you know, best, best out of three at the end of the, the six rounds. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, every, you, you, your first turn, you start with one point of power and each turn after it adds another point of power. So your first turn, you can play one point of power cards. Your second turn, you have two points of power. So you can play two one power court cards or one two power okay. card. And then, you know, three, four, five, six. Um, and obviously, as it goes higher, those cards get more popular. A really fun game. I think it's fantastically crafted. The rules are great. It's fun. Um but problematically, I bu- well, I bought in for one season pass, nine ninety nine, because I wanted to just kind of see how it would play. You know, wouldn't you pay a little bit of money? And uh, season passes are how so many of these free to play games work. Battle passes, basically, where as you go up in rank, it- it's a it's a set ladder. So every time you achieve something, you get free stuff. You get gold, oh. you get credits, or you get some you you grind get a card okay. or something. Right. It- it- it's to incentivize the grind. Um. Like I said, the game is fun, but obviously I can see power creep happening. Um, there is a small pool of cards since your deck is only made out of 12 cards. Uh, so, you know, 
uh, things are starting to feel samey. Only twelve? Yeah, you only well, you get six turns. You, That's it. Okay. You get you you start with three cards drawn, and then at, at the start of the first turn, you draw one more. So you start with four cards in your hand. Okay. Um, so there's three cards each turn, each game that won't be drawn for you. Um, but yeah, I think power creep is going to set in. Things are getting a little samey because of the small pool of cards. It's a great idea, uh, but I still think that going free to play on just about anything, um, you know, I, I just it's not something I can buy into, especially when it's not exactly pay to win. But if you don't pay, you're not really, you know, you're, you're going to stay in silver rank and, you know, use the same cards over and over again. And you're going to lose interest. So. Gotcha. I'd love to see what the updates bring. I, I'd love to check the game out in six months and see where it is uh, on Steam. They are calling it in early access. So, you know, this is, I guess they're still kind of considering this a tryout period. Hopefully they'll fix some of the issues. Hopefully. Uh, Sega Genesis 2 Mini is out. First impressions are out. I think people like it, yep. I guess. It's been getting good impressions. Um, people seem to enjoy it. It's an interesting selection of games. I have not got one. You haven't got one. I forgot about it was coming out. Um, I don't have the first one, do I? No. Why did I get the first one? I forget. But they're available. They're not. You gave me the first one and then weirdly kept the accessories. Oh, that's right. So I was nice to eat, but I kept the accessories. Um, I, I kept the Sega Saturn, uh, Sega Saturn, the Sega CD Tower thing. Um, okay. Um, Netflix is announcing a Gears of War movie and cartoon. This just seems like past the point in time where God of or Gears of War was popular. I just I feel like it's it's kind of it seems like too late uh, to do this. I mean I know there was comics that were very popular, uh, and I know they just released games. They released Tactics in 2020, and then Part uh, Five was what 2018. Um, but I feel like the 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 heyday of its popularity was clearly during the Xbox 360 era. Or like it peaked like maybe ten years ago. Something yeah, like that. I mean, like I said, it's it's not that it's it, um, it's a series that no one likes, but I just don't see it having that red hot popularity to to push you know a, a movie and support a cartoon, especially when like something even bigger like Halo, uh, you know, was met with pretty you know when they did the TV show, it was largely met with derision. Oh. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know how many people saw it. Though. Obviously, there's people that had problems with the the main character, and, and then I guess the pacing and the effects on. Um, it's tough to do that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like must have been. I don't know if it was cheap. Like what? Like what happened? Like wouldn't like we don't have a Fortnite animated series, do we? Like that would everyone would watch that. I feel like that would make more sense, um, especially if you could work the licensing in like they do in the game to have like guest characters, like the yeah, you know, or, Street Fighter characters or Marvel characters like, or Dragon pi- Ball characters. I can't picture a hardcore are there hardcore Gears of War fans saying I'm going to watch the animated Gears of War. I'm sure series. there are, and like I said, no um, offense if you love that series. It's just, it just it seems like uh, way too late for this. Just another slap in my unreal face, that's all. <laughs> That's all. Would it be would it be Gears of War if it wasn't for Unreal? Um, ridiculous. I mean, look at the character designs of Gears of War when, and, the, and the characters in Unreal Tournament. You go back and you look at those character designs. Oh, by the time you get by the time you get to Unreal Tournament three, they they are, the they're basically Gears of War. Yeah, they're the Gears same of War characters at that point. And those games come out you know between a year apart. But yeah, you can always play Unreal in third person. No one did it. But you could if you wanted to. 
on the replays, it was always in third person. But anyway. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'll get that. I'll get that game eventually. I'll get it. I'll, I'll get the funding. I'll buy the rights. I'll finish. I'll finish the fucking alpha that's been existed for f- five years at this point. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention that uh, on the on the Sega Genesis Mini Two stuff. Oh, that Sega or someone from Sega. Someone sent it. I forget who sent it. I'm sorry. They sent uh, did a Peter Falker and it's confusing me. Um, they sent out a tweet asking what the next mini should be. It's like, should we do the Dreamcast a- SG 1000 or the Mark II or the SG? Or, and then a couple of things I never heard of. And then obviously Dreamcast was on the list along with Sega Saturn. And it's like, if they're going to do another one, it'll probably be set, uh, Dreamcast. Uh, I don't know if they will. Um, I think I think we're getting to at the point where people are caring less and less about these. We've had all the big the big eight and sixteen bit ones come out. Um, we've had what several of these. We have seven or eight mainstream ones. I'm not even counting the Neo, the Neo, my kind of Neo Geo um, arcade stick ones. I don't know, but um, there's been a lot of these, and I think we're running out. I think I think it's it's almost like um, like the the standalone Pong crash that kind of happened in the late '70s. Sure, it's like how many of those do you want laying around? I, I do think um, a Dreamcast one would do well. I think a Saturn one would be too niche. Yeah, yeah, probably. Maybe you can combine them, but no, the emulation is different. That's right, the emulation sucks on Saturn. Compared to everything. <laughs> they're two very different. Get that, get that Jaguar mini out. That that would be that would be interesting. We talked about that before. I think we talked about. I, that. I, we don't need. Uh, well, I mean, the the well, the interesting thing is, I mean, and, and uh, we can promote this. Uh, that Atari fiftieth collection comes out on uh, Friday. I got to order that. I, I'm going to uh, order that. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I'm definitely buying that. Um, that I'll, uh, I'll Digital Eclipse put out. I was putting out, um, and there's a bunch of Jaguar games on there. That's right. And I think that's going to be your happy medium uh, on that. It's Forty bucks for that. I can't wait. Forty bucks. I'm for, really, uh, really excited for, to play that for physical release on November 11. A lot of the like newer, like inspired games look pretty good. There's oh yeah, a, there's a tank game that Mike Mika put on there that looks like a okay. lot of fun. Yeah, like a four player like combat, but combat, know, but evolved combat with the tanks. Yes, with the <laughs> tanks. That's my legacy when I die. Fucking combat memes. Jesus Christ. Um, was there a special edition of one or no? Was there or just? No, I think it's just normal. Okay, I thought there was. Um, no, there's a steel book edition. Oh, there is. Okay, there's a steel book, um, which looks. The steel book thing is funny. So I talked to Andre about it. Andre, I, our, our buddy Andre, he's he likes getting the movies in steel book. I'm like Andre, you know, you're just paying extra for a metal case a lot of these, right? I hate steel books. It's just a slip cover, right? That's what these things are, and they look cool. My problem uh, with steelbooks is they look cool, but they scratch really easily. Oh, is that right? And that paint just comes right off. So, and steelbooks look ugly as fuck when that starts so to happen. The, I hated them at least. The steelbook is fifty dollars. It's ten dollars more. Mm-hmm. Do you get anything else with it? It's literally the cover. Is it literally just the cover? Because mm, you can still you can still pre-order the steel book. Like it's not. I know a lot out. of like say for instance limited run games. Like there's the standard edition and there's the steel book, and it usually costs more. Oh, uh, you get a you get a, a poster. 
you get the steel book and the po- the steel book's is the cover. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't love Atari that. If I love if I loved Atari that much, I guess I would do it. It's it's gold. You get up here's you can see the poster here. You get a poster. That that's what you get. Sure, that's but cool. It, but it's but I'm I'm gonna pick this up. This is how you do re-releases. Of I'm stuff. very very excited for it. It comes full circle from they started doing this shit in like the early to mid '90s with the Super Nintendo compilations N64. Four computer. poorly emulated bullshit games by Midway on there I, that don't have their proper controllers. I, I bought it. I bought the an Activision Atari one. I remember a comp. Actually, comp the, Atari, the Activision Atari one was one that I did like back then because it was just I, loaded with bull. It was just loaded with them. I you probably had like 15, 20 games. I, I probably bought it for like 20, 20 bucks back in like nineteen ninety three or ninety four. I probably bought it when I was in high school, early high school. Something like that. When they started doing this stuff, uh, more of these these games that were barely ten years old uh, at the time. Um, I have something to talk about. Very yeah. upset that upset me last week. Okay. Um, I take my candy seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I and I feel that um, um, I was embarrassed uh-huh. on the podcast, publicly shamed over my my bag of candy uh-huh. and my claim. <laughs> That the Reese's Pieces packs were hard to open, and then Ian instantly opened the package and made me feel like not like a man anymore after that. <laughs> Ridiculous! I, I was I was publicly shamed. I felt I was canceled in a way because of this. Um, that I could not. People were saying Pat's weak. He's he's an idiot. He can't open it. So I went back and I went through. I rummaged through the rest of the Reese's Pieces. What did I find? Two without notches. Not one, but two without notches. No notch, Ian. No notch. Uh, No notch there. Yeah. No notch. Let me see this one. This one had the start of a notch, and it didn't go through. The start of a notch. Yeah, that one does too. Shame on you, Hershey's. Shame on you. Shame on you. You feel like if you're in bed with someone with a condom wrapper, you start you get desperate. You gotta use your teeth. Shame on you, Hershey's. Yeah. I, I should file a lawsuit. Class action with everyone. And not a couple people comment that said, Hey Pat, mine didn't happen either. So this is a, this is an issue. You're not opening this without your teeth or or something sharp. I tried. I'm not I'm not crazy. I am crazy, but not when it comes to this. Ugh. You know what's uh, readily accessible? Anything at OldNintendo.com you can get your hands on. Anything there. You can easily access the pins. I'm not going to have to use your teeth to open those books. No, you're not going to use your teeth to open them. If you could, that'd be awkward. There's certain guidebooks that weigh over six pounds, RBI baseball stickers, the limited t-shirts, all at OldNintendo.com. I'll be on Twitch Wednesday. Ian will not. Twitch.tv slash Contry Code. And I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Contry. Uh, Gamecom. Symphony of the Night um, was was a thing. I didn't know about Hidden Pals put out an article and they tweeted about this. Uh, I don't have a huge amount of thoughts about this. This is a Halloween thing for they did for Happy Halloween. Do you have any thoughts on this? Ian, you like Symphony of the Night. Yeah, I do. Um, I haven't had a lot of chances to look into this yet, but I'm interested in it. Um, I think it looks kind of decent. I, Which I, the best you can say about a GameCom game is it looks kind of right. decent. Right. You actually have no idea how it's going to play. Um, 
but I, I think it's very neat that they found it. And yeah, I mean, it does look kind of nice, but I bet you it's slow or choppy or whatever. And, you know, well, no, there's video on great. there, but the video is not a direct feed from like an emulator. Is there a game kind of emulator? It must be. But so I think they're they're fine. I think that's one of the more important things is I think they're finally starting to get some emulation going on it. And I guess they're they've just recently learned how to dump the ROMs from game. Really? Games. Yeah, I think it was actually I, I think that's a, a recent development. So well, that's interesting. Yeah. See, n- 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 people don't that's care about Gamecom. Man. More of it's your it's your fault out there not for not caring about Gamecom. I have never owned a Gamecom. I always see it. And I'm like, should I waste my money in a Gamecom? I'm like, no, I don't think I should. Nope, probably not. Mm. It looks. There's I mean, look at the animation. Looks okay. You, you I don't know. see the animation. I just see the screenshots. Scroll down, Ian. Scroll, 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 scroll. On Twitter? No, the Hidden Palace article. It's right there. It's, it's right. Uh, there's two different links there. Ian. Second link. I- uh, on, there's two links on the on the uh, on the document. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I pull sorry. Up. While you look at that, um, Carl Jobst, our pal, is getting sued by Billy Mitchell for a, a third time. I can't keep track. It, it just hit that link again, Patrick. There's nothing there. It's the second link, Ian. There's two links, buddy. Yes, I, I, I'm there and I'm looking at it. There's no animation. There's six screenshots and some dancing skeletons. Scroll down. Scroll. 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 Scroll, 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 and there's a YouTube video down there. That's so weird. It's not showing up for you. It's right here for me. That's what? What do you have? Like a JavaScript uh, just disabled on the page? That's weird. Okay, I'll put the link in. Ian. I refreshed it. There it is. Okay. Jeez, Ian. What do you? What do you? What kind of computer? I thought it was an expensive laptop. This is anyway. really dark. Well, it's because it's a capture. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a video of a of it being played. So yeah, but it looks it's it's a it's a port. So anyway. Uh, this comes from thegamer.com, and there's a video that Carl put out. Um, Billy Mitchell is suing Carl Jobst over two videos that refer to cheating allegations against him. Um, so there's a, a video in question called Disgraced Gamer Billy Mitchell Accused of Extortion. In that video, Carl was not making any claims himself. He was just reporting right. on stuff that was going on. Um he reported on claims made by the current Duncan World Record holder, Robbie Lakeman, who had previously supported Mitchell against accusations that he cheated to get his own Duncan record. Lakeman is now going against Mitchell, claiming that he used an emulator to get his record. Uh, the video uh, covers Lakeman's claims that Mitchell was extorting a witness in one of his lawsuits with sensitive information in exchange for them defending him against allegations of cheating. Lakeman also revealed that he now believes Mitchell played it uh, on illegitimate hardware backing his detractors. So, Carl's reporting on this as a reporter. And there's protections, at least in the U.S., there are protections against defamation and and libel and slander when you are reporting on something. So if I report on news that someone did something shitty, uh, I cannot be sued if I'm just reporting on it. Because that would be insane. Because then you could try to uh, sue reporters for talking about someone being charged with something or something being alleged. Um, We have protections against that. I guess uh, in Australia, unfortunately, they don't have those same protections. Uh, for defamation, where you can easily uh, sue people for frivolity, for stuff that would not get anywhere in courts in, in the U.S. Uh, in Australia, they have a chance, unfortunately, to that you need at least to get lawyers to do this. So that was the first uh, sort of lawsuit. Then the second one is even somehow more ridiculous. Did you see this? Ian? This is the angry video game nerd portion of it, the lawsuit. Uh, yes. yes. So there was uh, a video. Just he- insane. A video I, I, that Carl did called I Cheated in Speedrunning and Need to Come Clean, which had nothing to do with Billy Mitchell. It was talking about how he submitted um, 
he submitted a score back to Nintendo Power Magazines for an N64 game back in the day. Um, and there's a meme that was included in here that's, I'll just play it here, that he included. This is a meme. You're familiar with Billy Mitchell, world video game champion? He could probably do it. So I gotta find a way to harness his power. And I think I found a way. That's right. We're gonna cheat. So this is a meme that was created. <laughs> it got millions of views, this meme. And it, it splices up two different par- two different AVGN videos which are talking about Billy Mitchell, and then it splices to him using the Game Genie, and, and James as AVGN says, that's right, I'm going to cheat. So uh, Carl included that as a joke in the video, so he's also getting sued for that on top of it. So these are frivolous lawsuits, but unfortunately, Hugely. Uh, as, as he talks about in the video, he's already spent six figures on lawyers, Carl, for the other lawsuit. So uh, there's a GoFundMe set up. I will link it. So please contribute even ten bucks because you can't allow people to be to sue others for uh, for absolutely nothing like this and try to like if you if if you allow us to happen, people like people can be silenced because they don't have money to defend themselves and you can't let this stuff happen. It's it's insane that that it would come to that. And, and as uh, Carl pointed out in his video, the person that made the meme hasn't been sued. You know, that's got millions of views, like the meme itself, the video that's right. on YouTube. It's just nuts. Um, there's also, I guess, Todd Rogers chicanery that uh, we don't have time to go into, but there's other stuff going on with that. So uh, check out Carl's videos in the past week, week and a half. Nintendo Switch, real quick, uh, has crossed 114 million units sold. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe nears 50 million units sold. Wow. That's like a 40% attach rate, 45% attach rate. That's insane. Let's do the pat math on that directly. But that, I don't, yeah, that might be a record for attach rate. I have no idea because I know that I think uh, Mario Kart on the Wii hit about 30 million. I never got to 50. I think it got into the 30s. I right. looked that up. So that's nuts. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing game. Like I said, I don't know if that could ever be topped for a Mario Kart. Like, I think it's a perfect game uh, personally. Uh, but um, yeah. I mean, it's still going strong. We're five and a half. Forty-three percent attach rate. That's nuts. That's insane. I'm sorry. Forty-four percent attach rate. Round up. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Think about that. And One out of every two fucking Switch owners has this game. And you're not accounting for people that might own like households that own multiple Switches, or get the Switch Lite. So you so that number that attach rate in essence is even higher. I'm not saying it's going to go for fifty, but it's probably a couple percentage points even higher than that. Sure. Yeah, um, you're right. The thing about right. your household. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. yeah. If People I, buy multiple systems. Yeah. For instance, we have it, but we have two systems in yeah. the house. I have a Switch Lite and, and a Switch, and I have one copy of a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, it's really, yeah, I'm not going to harp on the fact that all those idiots that were wrong. I won't do that. Not this time. No. I not just we, we, sh- we should be, I don't say happy for Nintendo, but... They, it was a it was a bigger turnaround than even people like us gave it cre- credit for. We didn't think it'd be like like a, a smash to this success where you're talking about this maybe inching up to like PS2 records at some point if it keeps on this like it could. I'm not saying it will, but it's nuts. I don't think uh, we're going to reach PS2, but we cert- but it certainly gave it the old college try, especially during a pandemic when for for a while. Well, I feel like during the pandemic is what helped it more than hurt it, but it did it but did the, affect but, supplies. But they couldn't. There wasn't enough to sell though for a right. Long sure. Time, for like yeah, a yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. Was, even at the beginning, there wasn't enough to sell. Obviously, it, it took me. Uh, I didn't get one until Mario Kart 8 got out, came out. So that was like what, three months in, three, four months in. That's yeah. when I finally found it. When I found it at uh, was it Target. Is that where I got it from? Mine? Yeah, I, got, I think I got mine at Target finally. 
I think that's what happened. Yeah, I use I use that good old Target red card get five percent off. <laughs> I, I did. That's something I've you, you know targets. Uh, I I love Target because they send me in the mail once a year. Hey, you haven't used your Target card in a while. We're gonna here's shut a, here's it off. a coupon. No, they say we're gonna shut off your card if you don't use it. Oh really? So I'm like okay, I better use my Target card for something. So I find something to save because you get five percent off. So yeah, so it was good for that because on a three hundred dollar item you're saving uh, patent at fifteen bucks. So it's like that's worth it to use the card on that. Um, yeah, so we'll see if it hits 120, 125. I think you got I think you got another couple of years in the switch at this point. You got a couple of years left. It's not slowed down that much. One you, or two. Because you still have you still have whenever the hell Metroid Prime 4 is gonna come out. You still got that. I bet you it gets pushed to the next console. You think so? Yes. You think at this point they're gonna do that? They're gonna pull they're gonna pull uh, Breath of the Wild on it. They're just gonna say, no, we're gonna wait like another year. You still got. I still think you're going to see a, a Star Fox. Either the, the old one's going to be redone from the Wii U, or they're going to do a new one. And uh, yeah, you got a couple. You got a couple of uh, bullets left in the chamber when it comes to the, the Switch. There's usually a lot going on for all of us during the holidays: buying gifts, sending out cards, baking cookies. Right about now, seasonal excitement or dread is really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Slaying through traffic to the post office. Inbox more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland? Rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients? It's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Even save money with major discounts on USPS and UPS shipping rates up to 86% off. Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing. With stamps.com switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code CUPODCAST for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CUPODCAST. Support for today's CU Podcast comes from True Classic. They have asked 100 men how they choose what shirt to wear in the morning, and the overwhelming response was that they open their closet, grab whatever's on top of the stack, and just put it on. doesn't matter if it's the same colors or pants. They don't care. Don't be that guy. Put some more thought into it. True Classic is here to help you upgrade your wardrobe from the old shirts in your closet. For a limited time only, get 25% off True Classic with our exclusive link, at trueclassic.com slash podcast. Some men always look good in t-shirts. Most companies make their shirts for those guys and forget everyone else with a normal body. True Classic designed tees to make all the fellows out there feel confident in their clothing. From gym rats to dad bods, with True Classic shirts, you'll get a lot of nods. I, I love wearing t-shirts. They're comfortable. They're easy to throw on. Um, I really like trying to find like uh, basic t-shirts to wear as undershirts. Uh-huh. And uh, True Classics are very soft and comfortable, and they fit the bill. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a good look for everyone, and it's easy to achieve. 
They give you the wide shoulder and taper bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality is top-notch. True Classic offers other menswear as well, ranging from polos, workout shirts, boxer briefs. Uh, they make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with premium True Classic quality. And if you purchase a six-pack or even a three-pack, the price per shirt is far more reasonable than any of those marked-up premium brands you see floating around. And for our bigger listeners, they have long options for the tall guys and sizes up to triple XL. True Classic also has a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. The response to these tees is so overwhelmingly positive, with over 70,000 five-star reviews, there's no wonder that these shirts are quickly becoming men's go-tos. Skinny dudes, big dudes, buff dudes, all dudes, True Classic's got you covered. Get 25% off with our exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash podcast. Support our podcast and check them out at trueclassic.com slash podcast. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. Once you put True Classic on your back, that'll be your new favorite shirt stack, True Classic. Ian, moving on into the the meaty bit. This is meaty. Thanks. Meaty. Thanks. To, speaking of Carl, thanks to Carl for pointing out that, uh, a recent Heritage Auctions video game event happened November 4th and 5th. We like to report on this stuff because this is great because it gets people to do counter videos and to uh, argue with me in person and to send me emails and messages about about this stuff. Let me, let, me, let me just start by saying this once again unequivocally. I don't care if you buy SEAL games. I don't care if you hold them. I don't care if you burn them. We talk about this because we talk about what we think shouldn't be worth this much money, market manipulation, uh, obvious uh, obvious bubbles that we saw being created now being bursting. This is why we talk about this stuff. We talk about this from, from uh, the macroeconomic level. We don't get into more of the psychology about why you want to own a bunch of sealed games that you didn't care about three years ago when you could have bought them for pennies on the dollar. We don't talk about that too much. Right. We won't get into that <laughs> because these games have existed forever. We don't talk about that. We talk about the things we see. So Ian, there was another event here that happened and I put down, I did the homework, Ian. This is why you like Pat. He works hard sometimes. I put down some of the results here, uh, but let's start with, we're going to go with some of the, the higher price ones first that happened just because, Hey, we're going to present all sides of this. It's not all bad, even though uh, a vast majority is really bad, really bad. There's a couple of really big auctions that went here in uh, in, 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 in six figures. $720,000 for a Super Mario Brothers uh, sealed. Got to hit it once. Sealed. 9.6A. This is a mid-production, so it wasn't even an original one. So, okay. They're, they're, they're trying to bet that this is going to be, you know, the Detective Comics 27. Right, right. That's what they're doing. But then what's stranger is the Mario Brothers. Regular Mario Brothers went for $264,000. So I like Mario Brothers, the arcade Mario Brothers. Ian, probably, you like Mario Brothers? I like it in theory, and I get bored of it really quick. The Famicom uh, disc one that was ported to Europe was really good. Remember you yes. played that in the marathon? Yeah, yeah they, that's, they, that's better. They fixed the controls. They made it a little more precise, and you can control your jump more. So here's the point about this. This person that spent two hundred sixty-four thousand on this is betting that this is a discount, just because probably in their mind, well, Mario Brothers was the first game that had Mario on the cover, and maybe they think it was starring Mario. We're going to get into that, so it predates Mario Brothers by a couple of years. Right. The problem is, no one cares that much about Mario Brothers itself. No, 
it's only historically significant because it introduced Luigi. That's about it. It's it's a uh, neat single screen arcade game, but it's not the reason why Mario is popular. It's not it's not the game that helped bring back the home video game market in North America. It's not the reason why the NES blew up. Right. It's more like a, a, a interesting. I don't want to say footnote, but it's a thing that happens, right? Yeah. It's like Donkey Kong Three. It happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, exactly. We all love Stanley, but we're not going back and playing Donkey Kong 3. It didn't really help anything in the grand scheme of things. Like, it was a bridge game when Nintendo uh, games were being published on Atari and other consoles. Like, okay, Mario Brothers gets this to the NES. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's a bridge between Donkey Kong and, and Super. Super. And Super. And then a Mike Tyson's punch out went for 78000 as did a Tech Mobile. I love that's these. That's insane. I, I love, love Tech, Tech Mobile, but holy shit. But holy shit, is that off? In terms of any sort of significance, yeah, that's wild. That's a, that's a game that if you're an NES fan, you adore, even going into the 16-bit era. But that's a game that nowadays people just talk about it because they still update the ROM hacks and they do their Wisconsin tournaments once a year. That's that's not that's not something to to invest in as a, to speculate on. Tech Mobile, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And then you have other ones like Popeye. I love me Pop um, some Popeye nine point eight sixty two thousand. So most of these are not going to be good investments. Uh, in my opinion, overall, but whatever. Um, and then we get into, um, I guess, the ones we've been kind of been tracking over the past months and not. Um, there's some NES ones here, Ian. I like looking at the NES ones just because there's still some semblance of sanity where the stuff that's actually rare, people are, are like bidding up to a point where it's like, okay, these are actually hard to get. And I put down one here. But let's start with like uh, Final Fantasy. 9.4a went for 7.2 thousand dollars. That's down from January where it went for 19.2. Final I mean, Fantasy is not half. a rare game; it's a common game. Um, or more than half of the value dropped. More than half dropped, right? What is that? It's like 60 something percent. We've seen a lot of 70 percent drops. Uh, a Legend of Zelda last production. So if you got, want to get one from, I don't know, the early 90s, uh, whenever they last produced it. Went for eleven point four k two months ago. Two and a half months ago, it went for fifteen point six k. That's a drop of was that forty percent? Yeah, like that. Base is loaded. I just put lol in on this. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, three point three k base is loaded. Nine point six a no pluses. No plus. No pluses. Still, I know people are really into the pluses. Um, a's probably still pretty good. When I got A's in school, I thought that was pretty good. That was a ninety out of a hundred. We didn't have minuses in my school. We just had A's and pluses. Oh, we, really? Yeah, we didn't have minus. Who needs a minus? Just do A's and pluses and B's and pluses. Um, three and a half, three point three thousand. Bases loaded. I almost think that's funny that someone want to do that because it's one of the most ubiquitous games mm-hmm. everywhere. That and Silent Service. You, you oh, I, you, I you could tri- not ever get rid of Silent Services. Probably the most common fucking video game for the Nintendo. You think so? I mean, well, it's up there. I just think people just probably sold it more than basically. Yeah, sure, back. sure. But um, golf is also another one. Just piles and piles. They made of golf, golf forever. Yeah, that wasn't just one like they stopped making like an eighty six, eighty seven, like a clue, clue, like a clue, clue land golf. They made forever for whatever reason. I guess people like golf. I don't know, but there was there was, there was like seven other golf games on the NES. All of them Greg better Morbis than golf? original yeah. golf. Lee Trevino's golf. I mean, anyway. Nintendo's Power own golf? NES NES Open was is yes. better than regular golf. I mean, I enjoyed regular golf I, when I first played it. It's fine. But. I think now I'm thinking about it, Nintendo probably is like, hey, we need to keep producing a golf game until we come out with a new one. Maybe that's right. why we got to make this game forever. Um, and then here's the one that's actually legitimately rare. 
the family fun fitness version of Athletic World went for six point six thousand uh, sealed. Um, I own one not sealed. Again, this is the one that you can only buy thrown in literally with the family fun fitness pad. Like no no that protection. Oh it, yeah yeah yeah. Just no a loose, a loose fucking cartridge. Oh no no, it's boxed. But I mean like no like no cellophane seal on it. It wasn't in a holder. I see. They threw it. They, next it was to just the, on the top power, of the pad. To the right. pad. They just threw it in because I have one. I have a boxed pad, and I'm looking at it, and I've seen them in person. I'm like, there's no compartment to, to like, protect the game. Like, if you buy, like, um, an NES set, Super Set, there's a space for the cartridge or space for the Super Mario box for, like, the console set. They're, they just threw the damn thing in. They threw it in. It's just funny to me. They might have done the same thing, I think, with the Power Set, Power Pass set next to Mike Tyson over there, the standee. They just threw the game in. But that was just a cartridge, at least. The cartridge is a manual. They just threw that in. <laughs> So let's go to the N64 games, Ian. Why, let's. Why do, you, why, do the, why do the N64 games, why do you think it interests me so much? Let me ask you, why, why is this interesting to me, the N64 games, when we focus on the N64 games? For? Well, I mean, a couple of reasons. One, you're doing the book on it. But two, N64 games are, most, are the most recent of the stuff that is kind of getting popular right now. So we don't really know what's out there. True. I was thinking about the book. The reason... I was just joking about that. Oh, okay. The reason I think the N64 games are most interesting is because we know once you get to the N64 part, the games are easier to find in the box, easier to find sealed for sure. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know what's out there. We, we okay. know less about what's out there with the N64 than we do with the NES or the Super Nintendo. You say we know less. We, we, we realize that there probably is more. We just don't know yes. how many. Okay. Yes. And also, it's, it's nostalgic enough for the people that are now like in their early 30s to mid 30s, the people, uh, the tech bros, the crypto bros. And the people that would put in money to, to buy us because they grew up with this stuff more so than the NES. It hits the age a little bit better. Right. But there's a lot of these out there in comparison to the NES games. A lot. That's the difference, too. Even though they sold overall less, we'll get into it. Um, we'll start with some of the lower ones. I just I did think about someone spending almost uh, this amount of money. 4000 on 1080s uh, snowboarding. This is a common game. It's a Nintendo game. People forget that. Mm-hmm. First party. This was a 9.4 A+. A 9.6 slightly better grade. I went for almost 10 grand two months ago. It is a slightly better grade. Slightly better grade. But that's uh, that's less than half of that. That's the only examples I found. Pokemon Stadium 2 went for 13.2K. Literally half of the values of that went for a year and a half ago. Literally half. That's crazy. A Pokemon Stadium 2 is, is like, to me, it's like, why would you try to take a risk on that? Because that wasn't people's first exposure to that game. I would understand the Game Boy ones versus Pokemon Stadium 2. Not even, it's I think it's just taking a risk on anything Pokemon. Uh, this is the one that uh, our pal Carl pointed out to me because he loves GoldenEye. He's a speedrunner. This happened in only two months. A 9.6, a plus plus, double plus. Went for twenty point four thousand two months ago in August. It went for fifty five point two. It was, I think, one of the last times we talked about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy shit! And I didn't even look past that what it went for. But when you're talking a thirty five thousand dollar drop in two months, people, uh, we talked about panic a couple months ago. Now we're just we're I think we're just in the offloading portion, sure. trying to get that, or people trying to sell what they still have laying around at that point. And then we get to the insane one that I don't think we have touched upon it much. You want you want to go over this? You feel like I'm rambling. The Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Super Smash Brothers uh, has... Uh, this one's nuts. It's absolutely plummeted. Um, I'm going to go backwards here. In July of last year, it was 144K. This is a 9.4 A++, by the way. 72K is what it went for in January. So about six months later. So it halved. Yep, it halved. Then in April, uh, it went for 50.4K. So it lost $22,000 in the span of four months. That was just one plus now, but it, all right. So oh, that was just grade. one plus. Okay. Still the same grade. But here we go. A 9.4 A++. Just sold for 15.6K. That's... So was the July one the same grade as the one that just sold? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter because that's like... Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't matter unless it was a, 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 a 0.6. It was the same grade. Yeah. So that is... That would be 9.4. Yeah, 9.4 A++. That's an 89% drop. Pat math. That's 100... You do a 131 I, divided by 144. You're faster with that on your phone. What's that? You're faster with the math on your phone than I am on the laptop. 131 divided by 144. It's like 90%, something like that. That's insane. So what are you thinking if you're the person that got into this? Hell, if I got into for even 50000 or 72000 I'd feel sick to my stomach that I lost tens of thousands of dollars. What if you just bought it uh, for, uh, 15 months ago, 16 months ago at 144 and you see, see that you've lost a hundred and thirty-five, a hundred, hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I mean, what do you do? I I feel like the people, most of the people who are doing this, have the money to throw around. But that's just, I mean, you can't, you can't argue that this is a safe investment. No, but you also can't argue that that at some point, well, we just care about we, these people cared about just getting these games to have them because because again. The fifteen thousand is what you probably could have bought this for a few years ago, or less than that. Oh, less than. So, I don't know, Ian. I'm a game collector. It took me years to get some of the games I got because I didn't want to overspend. Right. I still wanted them; it was nice to have them, but I knew that I could be patient and find them. And so, it just goes to show you that if you really are a collector, patience does have something to do with it. Because if you just want to uh, have it at some point. These aren't games that only come up once. It's not like getting an NWC cart where like I may have another opportunity. Like when the gold cart came up, I had one opportunity to get one in my life, so I had to I had to take it. Right for this stuff, you obviously have multiple opportunities to get this stuff, even in other grades that might be off a little bit in your eyes. Or yes, you, because again, as yeah. we've mentioned, this is not this is not rare stuff that's going for money. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're not rare. They're focusing on on the popular, not the rarity. Sure. Um, and then you can always go, call me crazy. You can still find some of these games that aren't graded. You can find collectors. You oh, can, sure. You can pr- find private dealers. You can talk to get people that own game shops. If you really just want to get the game and don't want to overspend, you can find avenues to do this because you will overspend on something graded versus not. We've always, we've seen that in other things with comics, cards. It always happens. Yeah. So again, it goes back to the argument that it really is not about collecting anymore. It isn't. It's just an investment. Get in early. Get in early. Hey, make sure you spent. Hey, you had to you had to spend one hundred forty four thousand in July of last year because it's gonna be worth three hundred thousand in a year, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, look, look at it. It's it's going up in price. 
It used to be only uh, $5,000 probably or $3,000. Now it's one hundred forty-four. It's going to be worth a million to the moon. Nope. Right, um, let's, let's talk real. I want to mention Sonic real quick. Oh, you, I want to talk, I want to talk real quick about the streamer thing. Oh, you can, you can. Before yeah. we get into that, I just want to mention that Sonic, uh, cause I feel like that's, that can be, yeah, it's a second chunk. Uh, Sonic went for the 9.6A. Um, so we had a nine, it's easier to do it this way. A 9.8A plus went for 360K in April. Uh, a B plus in August 5th was 240. Uh, a B plus no, was three twelve in October twenty ninth. Nine point eight went for three sixty k in April, and then one hundred and two k in August. Nine point six just sold thirty eight point four k. So basically, you went from a game this this A nine point six A. If you even take out the three hundred sixty thousand dollar. 9.88 plus if you want to say hey it was worth fifty thousand more for a point two and a plus sure a game went for three hundred and twelve thousand that's now worth thirty eight thousand holy fuck that person dropped two hundred and eighty something thousand dollars that investment in a year in one year in one year like if you invested if you invested it in uh bitcoin it wouldn't have done that bad yeah that's a, that's another like ninety percent. Is that a ninety percent drop? It's like it's eighty percent. It's 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 ridiculous. Uh, it's close, yeah. It's nuts. So there's a streamer called uh, Ms. Kiff that started getting into these games. I was informed in the, within the past couple of years, like a lot of a lot of these speculators. They they're one of the bigger streamers. They make a lot of money. So they've done a video saying, "Hey, I got these games worth a hundred thousand. This one's worth two hundred thousand, whatever." So there's a video that came out of them tracking. This isn't their games that they've auctioned, but they're tracking what they have live on Twitch from this latest auction. And they lost uh, just on the values on this. If you look at like they had like a little text pad open. Yeah. You see what they lost. They lost like it's like two hundred thousand dollars. Something like that. It's like six figures they lost based upon what they bought everything out. Like you, you can see them. Let me just do this. I can do it. So Super Mario Brothers three, uh, it sold for nine k less. Super Mario RPG. It started at fifteen thousand. Started at, uh, finished nine k less. Super Mario RPG eighty five plus was twenty five thousand. It finished fifteen k less. Pokemon Blue finished uh, went up five k. Red went up five k. Uh, yellow went from thirteen thousand down eight k. Or, no, finish that, at thirteen thousand. Finish at thirteen thousand. That's down eight k. Um, a Game Boy console went for a thousand less. A Pokemon Silver, Silver went, went for three three k. And then that's that's just where it's yeah it starts. And so. then you get to the big ones. Mario Party won twenty thousand less. Super Smash Brothers fifteen thousand less. Um, the Pokemon ones went up a little bit. One went yes. up eight thousand. Uh, so the the point is this. Yeah, we're talking, this is like six-figure, this is like low six-figure losses, just on this one, it looks like, on, on, on this, this collection. Maybe it's like about 100. So this person got into this. They look, they look younger than me, and they, they did probably did not know how ubiquitous some of these titles were. They probably didn't know that, hey, N64 stuff is not like NES stuff, and got in, and they lost a bunch of money. Yeah. A bunch. Um, and this is the reaction to... Uh, the Ocarina one, which I'll talk about specifically. Of Zelda 5 go to 14. 
looking for any action beyond 13.5. And 13.5. Hello! Jesus Christ. So, so Ms. Kiff was watching a game he had just plummet in value, the Ocarina of Time. That's why, that's why, that's why he screamed. Yeah. But there was also another one he mentioned during this that dropped. Uh, I think I think he mentioned the also the Super Smash Brothers. That was I think I believe that was another one. But we didn't also talk about the Mario Kart during this. Dropped like 5k. Uh Mario Kart 9.6 A plus sold for 26.4 thousand. Um that was $144,000 in April with an extra plus. $144,000. This was the one that they were ta- they were complaining about on Instagram. Gotcha. This okay. Is, this is the one yeah. that, like, that you keep auctioning this off. Right. So it goes from 144000 down to, we, we talked about it, went to forty eight in September, went to thirty one. That's when we talked about it. So it just keeps going down. Each one that comes out, it's going to keep going lower because there aren't enough people, again, collectors that care about this to drop this sort of coin on this. There aren't. They failed at bringing in more people. They brought in Miskiff, but Miskiff had a lot of money. And at some point, like you can't bring in more people, yes. and, then, and then you're left with the, the people who are holding the bag. There's only so many people out there that a can... A tale as old as time. There's only so many people that can risk this insane amount of money. And even Miskiff is probably okay losing this amount of money. It hurts to lose this amount of money. Sure. It'd be like the same if I went and gambled. I've lost several hundred dollars gambling at one time. It hurts. I can take the hit, but it hurts. It still hurts uh, there. So not much more to uh... – oh, okay. I'm gonna... We didn't do this for this. That's for the Sonic. The Sonic is still – out of all these, the worst fucking investment, that Sonic. The most common Genesis game. <laughs> yeah, because that's dropped uh... – yeah, almost three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, non, non, not for resale copies are harder to find, but sure, that, that's about it. But it's still common. I yeah. mean, it, come on, you're killing me. Uh, that's still the biggest loser. I think the Sonic one out of all of this. That oh yeah, seen. absolutely, I agree. Um, especially since those seals are awful anyway on Genesis games. They're always no, they're gross. They're bad. Uh, the, the plastic poke or the the case pokes through the plastic. The I hard, mean, yeah, the hard plastic. I mean, the cracks on the corners. Genesis cases are amazing, but collecting sealed Genesis games must any, be a fucking nightmare. It doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Ian, we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash CE podcast. You go. <clears throat> you check out what we oh. can offer you. You just you do more than just go. Uh, you, you part with a little cash. We, uh, we appreciate that. And you can get access to the uh, bonus podcast. The bonus you get Hangouts. We'll be doing one not this weekend because I'll be gone, but next weekend. You get access to these poll topics. You get the full video podcast. You get uh, writing about once a week. There's one that's going to go live just after we finish here. And uh, Pin Club. Pin Club on top of it. Forgetting right. anything else? I don't know. I think I got it. I'm, I'm zoning out from talking about prices of, of sealed games that people lost a ton of money on. All right. In second place on this poll topic, thoughts on VR and the new psvr2 price tag 37 rock the vote it's election day first place 63 percent. the pc engine turned 30 years old ian we did not talk about it last week we should have 35 35 i'm sorry it's right it's 87 yeah 35 did i put down the wrong thing on the poll i did i wasn't called out on that thoughts and reflections on the good old pc engine 
turning 35 that 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 white and black console pcn uh white and red like orangey to start with the logo is orange the console is white wasn't it black on the controller whatever oh there's like gray yeah so the pc engine came out october 30th 1987 it is one of my most favorite systems up there with the original game boy i love it to death it's one of the few systems I still hold a physical collection for, and it will probably be the last physical collection I ever get rid of if I get rid of my stuff. Um, it was kind of weirdly positioned as uh, an in-between, you know, the the 8-bit era and the 16-bit era. Uh, it, it, it processed, I believe it was colors and graphics. Based, it has an 8-bit central processing unit and a 16-bit graphics processor. So it's it's definitely more powerful than the Famicom or the NES, but it wasn't quite to where the the Genesis was or the Super Nintendo. In some respects, yes. Yes, in some respects. Um, it was loaded, and it's famous for having, uh, you know, the the card, the games on the card, the Hue card, the Hue card, or, or Turbo Chip as a, a branded in the here. U.S. Um, and that, you know, was a, a novel way of packaging your games that I think really helped make that system stick out in people's minds, uh, especially when it was advertised in the U.S. Um, you know, something like that for a system that is, you know, unfortunately positioned in a difficult place in the U.S., that is something that at least stands out, keeps it in people's minds. Yeah, because it's unique because there's nothing else that ever looked like that. Right. Um, the... Uh, Japanese version had a, a number of Hue cards. I think it's somewhere in the 400s. Um, and then they uh, introduced the wildly popular uh, CD uh, add-on. It was popular in Japan. And the first one of any console. Yes, first one of any console. And um, they did bring that over to the U.S., but it, it didn't really gain the traction that it did in Japan, uh, a fraction of the uh, games that were ever released on CD. And I mean, a minuscule fraction ever came out over here. How many games came out over on the, um, came out over here for the 30 something for CD. Really? Okay. That's Nin more than I thought. 90, I thought it was like 20 something. 94 turbo chip. So, so the problem with the CD, we're, we're going to go back and forth. This, the CD was super expensive. I think, I think it was 250 in the US we're talking that's that's in that's in 90 250 dollars right that's a ton of money for an add-on not even a standalone for for an add-on that's nuts it says 45 so i looked it up the pc engine cd has okay. a total of 417 licensed games for the pc engine cd and uh 45 were localized for, for the turbo graphics a 417 for total not just cd no 417 for just cd it's what it says and only 45 were officially localized for the TurboGrafx CD. Wow, that seems like it's a high number. But okay. I got to double check that. But okay. Um, so what's interesting to me about, about th this is that um, this was during the time, the TurboGrafx-16, where you still were still so married. The, the games that you bought were so married to your console. But Turbo Graphics took it to this unfortunate extreme that hurt it, because you know NES and Genesis, they're different. They're different generations of consoles, so you can see why they they would not have the same library. But um, the Turbo Graphics was even more unique in that, like it shared, at least in North America, it shared almost no games in any other platform. Like it just didn't. Yeah, there, there, was, there was there wasn't a, yeah there wasn't a lot that crossed over. 
rare exceptions. You had Bonk's Adventure on the NES, but it was a late release. No one cared about it on the NES. Um, and then, other than that, though, you you're like you run out of ones that, or like Darkwing Duck or Tailspin, where they're not the same games as the NES, so they don't count. Um, obviously, in Japan, it it was the library was much bigger. You had more crossover stuff. You had like Rondo Blood versus Castlevania X, for example. You know, so you did have some of those that happened uh, there. Uh, but it was still like when you look at a Turbo Grab 16 game, for most of the part, you can say immediately that's a PC engine game. Just how it feels. Yes, they all have a very specific sounds, feel, look, looks, and sound. As much as I love the Turbo Graphics, uh, the 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 or the PC Engine, the main unit did not have a particularly impressive sound chip. Sure. It wasn't until the CD add-on came out and people started getting Red Book audio that we were like, "Wow, the power of CDs!" Sure. Um, there was also a heavy anime focus. A lot of games that came to the PC Engine that didn't have any anime theming elsewhere would get anime theming added our type for instance uh has an intro with an anime lead character as the oh, pilot wow. uh hellfire s for the pc engine as opposed to the genesis version has um you know like anime characters attached to it another anime intro and i think arrow blasters is the same i don't think there was any real anime theming on the the genesis version but i could be wrong so there was definitely a, like a specific style that they shot for as far as a system goes like with a cohesive overall feel i think when you look at the library the pc engine really nailed that sure and i think it's because they had a couple of you know very prolific publishers which also stayed within their own style yeah, um, hudson soft did a lot of games obviously yeah hudson um, soft a uh amusement vision um red uh, like all of those companies did quite a bit i'm looking at some of the other ones that came up a lot uh data east looks like did some keeps coming up again looking at the japanese because the u.s one notoriously the u.s was mostly you know first party games too much to the detriment of the system uh unfortunately um so the program was to mean uh, it was successful in japan obviously very successful uh his library 600 so 676 uh, games 412 of which were cd okay that's different wikipedia wikipedia What's... says 679 and then 389 so still a lot of cd so okay, so yeah, that's that, that's probably so right. that's like more than half half the library yep. in Japan, which means that you had to get a CD to get the most out of it. And I always say yeah. that to people when people want to get into Turbo Graphics, I always say if you aren't collecting specifically because it's the Turbo Graphics, go with the PC Engine, and you always go with a Duo unit because literally half your library is CD. What the? Hell? I wonder what it cost back then the CD unit in Japan that they sold so many of it. I'm really interested in knowing that. And obviously, they had, multi- they had three or four different versions of the CD you can get. Or well, the system was just wildly more popular. And I, yeah, I have a feeling that also, yeah, keep in mind that when this came out, what actually probably moved this a lot was it was a CD player. Sure. I mean, we're At forgetting. 87, 88. Yeah. yeah, we're forgetting. It's right. just like the PS2, where when the PS2 had DVD functionality, it came out at a time where DVD was becoming more popular. It wasn't already like a, a thing. So people bought it for the DVD Look. player. People bought that CD unit for the PC Engine. And that was 88 December. To play CDs. So we're talking late 88, getting a CD player. Not many people had one yet. Right. Uh, they were super expensive standalone. You're probably right about that if you can put that in. So the first one's released. Good old Fighting Street, also one of the first ones released here. You had, you had uh, Fighting Street. You had, uh, let's see, uh, Bikuraman Dajikai. Uh, so those were the first couple ones that came out that December there. And a game called 
Noriko. Those are the first few ones that came out. I think out. that was a horror RPG. Um, not familiar. So they had a good... Oh, no. It's a... Uh... It's like a full motion video thing where like you uh, interact with like a uh, a teenage girl. Oh, okay, weird. Well, well, okay. dating simulation. Okay, well, that was one of the first games. They wanted, yeah. they they knew their audience. Dating sims are still hugely popular in Japan today. So they had a good year head start on the Sega Genesis in Japan. Yeah, the Mega Drive, and they had two years head start on the Super Famicom. So they, they had a chance to get ingrained. When it came out here, they were, uh, they they were had, playing catch-up. They, they, they were playing catch-up yeah. with the Gen- Genesis. Well, the Genesis then were neck and neck. Uh, but the, the Super Nintendo, they, they also had a head start, but they didn't bring the games over here. Right. They just didn't. Nope. So you, you, it, was, it was slim pickings, as it was for me, who, well, I got it, I got it um, the, the Christmas of 90. I always uh, liked the TurboGrafx. Like, I always thought it had some cool games, and it definitely did. But when, you know, it wasn't until later in life, maybe like five, ten years ago, five years ago, when you finished up your set, and I started really looking at it, because I didn't collect TurboGrafx. I jumped right into PC Engine, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And um, looking at what was actually brought over here in the U.S. for the TurboGrafx, they were not the best picks. No. They were not, tra- they were not, Providing their best men. No, it's, um, it's it's really not that great of a library. No, we we can talk about how bad it was. There, there, I mean, back, going back to the forums, talking about like it was always um, it was always the communication between the the U.S. side and the Japanese team, from what I know, and that they obviously requested for other games to come over, but like you got only one platformer of note on the on the entire console, like one mascot character, uh, Bonk. In North America, that's unacceptable. If you if you want to make a go of it, you sure. cannot rely on shooters to sell a console in North America, and that's all you have. Like you can't do that. There's not enough people out there that just want shooters. If you're a little kid, you want platformers, you want colorful characters. There wasn't enough of them. There just wasn't, and there wasn't enough games to fill the holes. We always talk about infamously how they never came out with Street Fighter Two here, and that's a death knell for the console when your two competitors should have been, especially um, because it, I, I, it did I think great it, in Japan. I think it beat the other versions to the well. No, not all. The, I don't. Maybe it didn't beat the other versions to the market, but it was a great version. It does great in Japan's six button controller just for that in Japan. Um, that's the reason why they came out with it. No, I mean, and, well, there's other games that. Well, I mean, I mean, that was sure. the impetus, though. Like, yeah, come on, of course, you know. So, and you, when you look at that version, it's a great version. It stands toe to toe with the. You can say it's better than the Genesis one. Uh, visually, it is, and it, it stands toe to toe in accuracy in terms of that. It, it it has the barrels in it, the barrel uh, bonus uh, round. You don't have that in the Super Nintendo. Just, oh, yeah. You just got the cars, for example. Great sound. Yeah. Controls are great. Controls fine. Snappy. And I think uh, it, it just loses some animation in the background. Yeah. elephants. I was going to say, you lose a row of elephants <laughs> yeah. in, in the... In the uh... It actually has more accurate arcade music than the Super Nintendo. So yes, goes like it has more sound. accurate sound all um, around. But, but the biggest thing, the, one of the bad things... And it has that fat little Who card. It's pretty. Have you ever seen it? It's I a have, double yeah. thick. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, what's interesting, before I get into it, it's really interesting how you can almost say the TurboGrafx-16 was the first console to do, like, the mid-generation shift with the upgrades. Sure, because, you know, in addition to having the PC, up, uh, you know, CD uh, upgrade. Or the, the CD upgrade, um, they then went on to release uh, basically RAM packs uh, that you would use to upgrade the functionality. Super system card, arcade card. 
Yep. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So, and, like, you don't have to buy a new console to get these technically more powerful games. You had to buy just the card, which probably wasn't that much money at the time compared to probably like as much as most as a full game would have cost. But then, hey, now I can get a little bit better graphics going. It's on. absolutely how they stretched it out for as long as they did, yeah, uh, because was, that system that system had an incredibly prolific run from. 87, I think. Until 94, according to Wikipedia. 94. That's eight And years. I think a few things still trickled out afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you had an eight-year solid run uh, in Japan, in the U.S. Really, in the U.S., you really had, like, a couple three, of years. Really three years. I want to say three years of significance. When I became, think that's about all I'd give it, yeah. When you get when you went to TTI, when they took it over in the U.S., at that point, they... That was... It, we were done. You're doing, like, fucking mail-order games, mostly. I mean, you're still putting games in scores, but I don't remember games in, even by 93, 94 being in stores. Probably, mm. like, maybe, like, Electronic Boutique. I don't remember them being in Toys R Us anymore, but I, I really had to scratch my head and think about that. First time I ever uh, saw them, they were in Toys R Us, but yeah, probably didn't. Oh, no. They probably didn't stay there. I know they were. Oh, they're absolutely. There. I, I yeah. bought them there, and they had their they had their kiosk. But I mean, like by by like a couple years into the Super oh, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, no. Ooh, uh-uh, I don't no, think toys, those were gone. Toys was probably, toys, toys was probably realizing we're not selling any of these anymore. Um, so yes, it was the first iterative console to that extent. I mean, technically the CD is a different platform, but but having the cards switching out for the arcade and Super System was significant and then but the really the killer that they didn't figure out at least in the u.s was the one controller port that they probably should have done they redesigned the console to be bigger for no reason they probably should have put a second controller port on there yes and i really thinking back of how much that hurt the console because i own a turbo graphic 16 but i couldn't share the games or have there's no two-player action until i went out and bought fifty dollars or for forty five, forty to fifty dollars of the Turbo Tap was. I think it was forty. Jeez, that is expensive. So you got to spend eighty dollars, eighty, on an extra controller, and the Turbo Tap to make it a multiplayer console. On top of the fact that this console started off at two hundred to two fifty, that was bad. Really fucking bad. Yeah, and I and, can see a lot of U.S. Uh, parents like looking at it and being like, "This console has two controller. Okay, we're doing this stupid little nickel and dime shit like that." Never ever works in video games um at least not in the u.s no but the 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 vita was another prime example of it hey here's the system it's 250 dollars. also we're using proprietary memory and if you want enough to do anything you've got to pay another 50 to 60 bucks that that does not it's it's the stupidest most short-sighted business decision because like i said it just it never works no it it, it destroys these systems in the u.s you can't upsell so much that you you're charging almost 50% of the value of the console. Well, even even when it was um, started market down to like 150 and 100, but it was dead by then. But when they started marking down to like 100, and oh, you get like two or three packing games. We'll give you bonk for free. Let me tell you something again about Keith Courage. Again, one of the only games in the history of consoles where the packing game was never available separately for a reason. It's not a bad game. No, it's not a bad but, game at but, all. No one was going to say, I want to play Keith Courage that badly. Right. Like, no one ever, like, I guess you can count Wii Sports, but that's a totally different thing. They, they, they put that in, they packed it into tens of millions of consoles. I don't think, well, was, and Wii Sports was great. People yes. would have bought that separately. Correct. But, correct. But Nintendo, they, they, you know what I mean? They never bothered, I guess, at that point. Okay. Like, yeah. They yeah. put out a sequel anyway. So it's like, why, what's the point? Uh, so I don't count that because they sold it. But for a console like that in the 80s and 90s, not to have it available separately says so much to me. That like it was such a misfire to include that game uh, as a pack. At that point, you might as well have there's a coupon saying choose from one of three or four games uh, to get. 
immediately Bonk's Adventure should have been a packing game. Immediately, yes. and it wasn't. Absolutely. And it wasn't. So all these little missteps, you know, not this is this is turning into more why the Turbo Graphics failed versus what the PC Engine succeeded. Uh, but uh, no no multiplayer out of the box. You have to spend spend a hundred dollars to get multiplayer almost. Um, not enough platformers and mascot characters. When you get your mascot character, like Sega did, they immediately said, "We're going to push this and make it a packing game." Yep, we're going to um, take this guy to the moon. To the moon. Bonk. I'm not saying Bonk would have been ever as popular as Sonic, but it could have been even a little bit more. A little bit more. I did not own Bonk's Adventure, and I should have. I should. It should have been marketed to me and given to me, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. And it was out. the The, the game was. Uh, the game was out. Yeah, it's a shame. Real but, shame. Uh, back to the more positive stuff. PC Engine, <laughs> favorite system. Um, loads and loads of shooters on it, which is why I loved it, or why I still love it. Uh, and in Japan, it is not... It, it, I The the type of game doesn't really... It's not platformer. It's Remember when we were doing the NES book and we had a tough time sometimes distinguishing between like platformer and action and stuff like that? Sure. It seems fairly easy to distinguish that. There are a lot of action games, like the Valis games on the uh, PC Engine, and there are there is platforming, but I think... It's not those, heavy platforming. I, yeah. I think of those as more action games where... Uh, sure. There actually is quite some heavy platforming. It's an action platform. You can say it. it's a cross genre. All I'm getting at is... As long as you broaden your description a little bit, tons and tons of platformers on the Japanese version. That oh, oh, never oh, came oh yes. They just never came here. All sorts of fun, little, quirky, uh, rough around got, the edges platformers that I fucking adore. Like it's, We got Pac-Land here, which is like and not... I, I like Pac-Land again, but, but it's not, not going to carry the fucking no. system. And it's not a game a four-year-old can easily pick up and play. No, it's the, actually a very weird game with kind of awkward controls. And awkward mechanics. Get, yeah. I like it, but it's so not... So do I. It's not like picking up Super Mario Brothers. And no. There you go. No, it you is get not... Your ass, you get your ass kicked in Pac-Land. It easily. is not a Super Mario uh, no, replacement. It's a quarter muncher. Yes. And you got JJ and Jeff, which I never really played or got into, if you want to consider that. I've heard platformer. that's good. I've heard that's good, but, but I, I haven't played it either. But that's not going to appeal to kids. Like, who are these two two idiots with sunglasses and a suit? Like, that's not going to sure. appeal to kids. So it seemed like they went too far to the well, market to the teenagers versus they. you still have to market to children. In some, Especially, some the, I think that Genesis is still marketing. Genesis still had games uh, geared towards children. I think that might be part of the problem as well. In Japan, acceptance of video games was always a little bit more... A little more older? A little more... Well, it, it started off a little bit older, whereas gotcha. we really had to work it up here. So they probably tried to go for a similar you know, marketing route over here that was working over there. And over here, video yeah. games were still largely seen as kids stuff. So something like Bloody Wolf and Splatterhouse don't make the most sense. Yeah, and obviously the marketing here sucked. We know that it wasn't released nationwide. It was only released in major markets. It was North Jersey and New York. So I was lucky enough to have lots of bad it. cover art. Terrible. And then uh, to this day, North American commercials for specific games. Uh, Bonk's Adventure, Splatterhouse, Legendary Axe. And I'm running out of yeah. commercials that came out. I don't remember. They, they had ones for the whole system where you see mobile. But I mean, like, game-specific commercials. Yes. Where you're Holy not just shit. trying to get people to buy yes. the system. Which is bad. It's bad. I've never seen the Splatterhouse one. I don't remember. I know there's a Bonks one, I believe. But I don't remember even seeing. I'm trying to remember if I remember seeing that one. Because that came out uh, December of, of 90. That's when I won my... Excuse me. Excuse me. No, that came out December 89. I got my console December of 90. I remember they were still pushing Bonk then, trying to advertise it in the newspaper in the in the in the giveaway thing. Yeah, but they gave me Bloody Wolf for some reason instead of Bonk. Like, again, just really just messed up thinking. But uh, we love it. It's a quirky system. A lot of a lot of firsts. 
you know, we love our first. Ian loves his shooters on it. Good for Fire Pro in Japan. Yep. Imagine if there was Fire Pro in the U.S. Uh, imagine ten year old Pat. I would have been in heaven playing that game. Would have been in heaven because because I, I, I not that I didn't like the the NES wrestling games. I thought they were okay, but they never like hooked me in where I had to own one. I'd rent WCW. It's like okay, I'm done with it. I play pro wrestling. Okay, that's enough pro wrestling. They weren't as deep as obviously Fire Pro. I was like, holy crap. Let's get into the move sets. Let's get right. into this. All right. Well, that was fun. We'll, we'll see you in five years for the 40th. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by EarthySelect.com, your source for the finest Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC flour, oils, pre-rolls, vape pens, cartridges, and edibles. Their premium adult-use products are crafted from organic cannabis and infused with pure and potent THC extracts for effects you can feel. Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC products are perfect for relaxing, socializing, and getting creative. Plus, they are hemp-derived and federally legal to ship nationwide. Let's look at some of their most popular goodies. Earthy Select's Delta 8 vape pens are packed with potent Delta 8, plus cannabis-derived terpenes. They have a stealthy ergonomic design that gives you a quick hit with no lag, making it perfect for gaming. Each rechargeable pen has one gram of Delta 8 THC and is available in four great-tasting flavors like Guava Kush or my personal favorite, Cherry Pie. I love these vapes. They pack light and are excellent on the go. Earthy Select also makes THC gummies and candies that are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and taste great. They all come in different strengths, so you can start low and see what's right for you. The Delta 8 gummies can be really relaxing, while the Delta 10 is more associated with feeling productive and creative. So it's great for daytime projects or like an all-night role-playing session. The Delta 9 gummies are really impressive. They have real-deal Delta 9 THC, and they come in sativa peach or indica mango. They have a huge variety on the website, so check it out. EarthySelect.com. All of Earthy Select's cannabis products are federally compliant, and they ship nationwide. Order online at EarthySelect.com and use the coupon code CUP20 to save 20% on your first order. No limits. Must be 21 or older. That's EarthySelect.com and use code CUP20 to save 20% on THC. Earthy Select. Select your adventure. Uh, we got uh, Anchor voicemails. Go to anchor.fm slash to see you podcast. You go. You leave a voicemail. You let us know you love or hate us. But within 20 seconds, that's all I ask. That's all I ask. If you're going to hate us, hate us, hate us quickly. And, and what, love us quickly? It doesn't sound too good. Hi, Ian and Pat. It's Aaron here once again. Right. I've noticed a lot of platinum release PS1 and PS2 games slowly going up in price. I believe you call them greatest hits in your part of the world. I've been given various reasons for this, from the dwindling supply of the Black Label games, the general better condition of the Platinum titles, some releases getting bug fixes, and I've even been told by some sellers they're worth more due to rarity. I just wondered what both your opinions are regarding this, as the Platinum variant was a cheap way to start playing for the early PlayStation consoles, at least here in the UK. Thank you once again. Very good. Very good information in that, Aaron. I did not know um, that was a market on the rise. Uh, yes, you're going to find, obviously, when, but by the time it gets makes, by the time it takes for something to get to be a greatest hit, you have to sell a lot. So obviously the rebrand is going to be less made of them. Absolutely. It makes sense. Uh, for, for the most part. I uh, it not, depends. Uh, really popular games might get a couple of print runs after sure. the first one. So you're going to be, you, you will end up with more greatest hits. Uh, I cannot remember my specific examples because i've been out of luna now for over a year Two but there, you, there were a couple examples i had on the playstation one where people were always like they wanted the black label they wanted the black label because it was you know the rare version but like 
there are some games where the greatest hits version is far more rare. Interesting. Yeah, because it maybe only got like one print run or a small print run, so it's 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 harder to find the greatest hits version. If they called it a greatest hits even if it was a small print run. That'd be interesting. A- any any sort of re release is a greatest. They hits. just called it greatest hits. Yeah, any sort of re okay. yeah was a, was a greatest. Okay. Hits. Most of the stuff like on the N64, the, the, the million sellers. Those were million sellers. Yeah. So there's less of those than the, the previous ones. Uh, I did not know about bug fixes being an impetus for that. I, I haven't heard of that specifically. I, I think know. there's I'm... only like 12 PS2 games that actually have actually major differences. But there are some. They... And then famously, the Devil May Cry uh, Devil May Cry 3 has uh, at, like actual added content to it. So people will oftentimes go for the greatest hits on that more than the standard release. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Ed from San Diego. Ed! Uh, I recently went through the guidebook, and um, I wrote down all the five-star games. I'm going to read them off to you, and I want you to both let me know if if this is your official top 20 games for the NES. What? Baseball Stars, Contra, Dragon Warrior 4, DuckTales, G.I. Joe. I believe that's the first one. Taxon version. Girl War, Gunnack, Kirby's Adventure. Legend of Zelda, Maniac Mansion, Mega Man 2, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Mr. Gimmick, Ms. Pac-Man, Pirates, River City Ransom, Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, and Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, so again, if you, uh, if you, either of you disagree with any of these, I just was, I just wanted to know what your take was on the official guidebook five-star top what's the take on i mean like i i I I reviewed half of those i think that's a great Uh, it's a great list of games but it wouldn't be my top 20 because there's there's some stuff in there that i'm just uh, honestly Uh, i don't love maniac mansion on the nes playing a game like that with the controller sucks that that i think uh who reviewed that one did karen review that one i mean it's a it's a it's 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 a perfectly fine version like there's nothing wrong with it but i just don't want to play games like that on a on a control pad Sure, but if you look at it, probably with the within the NES library, it's probably the best type of that one. Maybe that's what Karen was thinking. I I don't I'm not in love with Maniac Mansion enough to to know if that's four and a half or five. Anyway, um, I think those are all fair five star reviews, but I would not necessarily agree with all of them. No. Well, you 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 know you you gave uh, Zelda two only four and a half, Ian. Do you regret that versus five? Yes, but I figured you'd try to shout me down on it, so I said no. Why do you think I would do that? <laughs> You, you want to? Yeah, there's gonna be another edition eventually. You want? I think four and a half is probably fair. It's, I love. It's the only full page review that's not five stars in the book. I love Zelda two, but um, there are some fucking issues with it, and the life system is number one. Just, I mean, it's silly. I feel like bad that. that no Koei game got five stars. They were reviewed by I think two writers reviewed all of the Koei games. And I feel like it would it's unfair not to have one of those Koei strategy games get five stars just because they were all very high quality. They all a lot of them hit four, four and a half stars. And I would I would think that one of them would be above the rest. That's the only regret I have is that I don't know enough about those games yeah. when I got into them to know that maybe Genghis Khan 2 or La Emperor or you know what I mean? Like there is there one that's the shining one, you know, they're all sure. very well-made games. Let's move on before this turns into a poll topic. Uh, we can get into it. But the other one I'm going to say is that uh, G.I. Joe, I gave five stars. The first one, the second one, I gave three. 
I did not believe how much of a drop off there's going to be. I wonder if I might have been a half star more in GI Joe. I want to go back and maybe play it again. I think uh, that and, that uh, was my strength. That to me that was the weirdest five star because I like the game, but I don't think it's anywhere near five stars. Okay, that that one that might have been a, a GI Joe bias of a half star. That I is think one, it was. That is one, but the second one is definitely not nearly as good. I oh no, like, no, the second one's bad. I mean, uh, I, 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 I would, I would, I would argue average. it's not a bad game. I, I played a uh, lot of it as a as a kid because uh, my neighbor hated it and lent it to me and never like really asked for it back. But I don't think it's a good game. Okay, I, I think I think it's it, it takes a hit. It's still I think above average game. Starts it's, off really hard. Um, and then the other one that I think about the reason I gave Pac Man. Excuse me, Miss Pac-Man, the Tengen version of five stars. There's so many options in that game. It's great. There's so like they went they went so above that for just a game where the regular uh, license, uh, you know, Namco releases just hey here's just the game. Great. The Tengen one gives you um, uh, speed up mode. It gives you all the different maze options. It gives you two player simultaneous and competitive. And the Genesis version's uh, even better. Oh, they've added more of that because it's because also Tengen. It, it, it's uh, just it's 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 a you know it's the NES version but 16 bit and nice. Like you'll never need nicer. another Miss Pac Man game than that Tengen home port. Like you'll sure. never need. That's why I gave it five stars. And then Ian gave uh, five stars a gun because the previous writer didn't know what they were doing. That's right. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to save that review. And I'm like, go for it. Ian. I had to save that review. That was imperative. Nice to have someone actually review it with some sensibility. Uh, next one here. Hey, guys. Brandon from Michigan. My question is about all the counterfeit video game listings that are all over eBay. What can be done about these? It seems like whenever I search for games anymore, there's just as much counterfeit stuff as there is legitimate stuff. And eBay's answer to me whenever I report listings is unless the actual copyright holder makes a complaint, um, there's just not much they can do about it. So should eBay be doing more on their own initiative? Should companies like Nintendo be complaining? Um, what can be done about all these counterfeits? It's sort of shocking Nintendo hasn't. Um, yeah, I'm, lot, I'm, I'm very surprised. Because a that. lot of those are first-party published games. Yep. N64 ones, Super Nintendo ones, a lot of like the Earthbound ones and things like that. Like, Nintendo could easily go, hey, eBay, you're going to... Put an end to this. We're going to sue the shit out of you for allowing this to go. Like they could do that, and it, I don't know why. Maybe they, maybe they don't think it's worth their time. The only thing uh, I can think of is it's just. But if they go after ROM downloading, like well, not offering the ROMs, if they go after that. Why would they go after the the actual pirated stuff like that where people are sure? Uh, no, it's interesting. I'm not sure why. Uh, next. Hey guys, Ian from Rochester, New York. Ian. With the recent announcement of Goldeneye coming to Xbox with dual analog stick support, I'm wondering what games would you like to see come back with modern controls? What game would come back with modern controls? Like uh, I mean, that's I don't know. That's that's interesting. I I the the one that I think would be most fun for me to try it already exists. Doom. Uh, Doom has had mods since Z Doom, if maybe not earlier, that allowed for mouse full, full support. Mouse. Yeah. Is there one? That, is there a mod that allows you to like look up even? Yeah, full mouse support. Yeah, you can so look, up. look up. It, it actually, like, if you play, and, and I I always go to Z Doom, and everyone's like, Z Doom hasn't been used in ages. It's on this now. But, um, yeah, it, added, it it actually added full aiming, too, where, like, if, you know, a guy was up here and you shot here. Oh, it doesn't automate. It doesn't automate. It changes it, it from 2D to 3D. 3D. It, yeah, it changes, wow. it, it, it changes how the game acts to 3D. Um, okay, which is interesting. Is that and it's a mod you can just download? Uh, it's it's a type of Doom, and you can load all sorts of wads and stuff into it. I believe. Wow, that'd be interesting. It's been a while. Um, been a while. I I'm not sure if that's available on any of the console or official ports. If it's not, then I'd say that because it's it's kind of fun to play. It does change the game. I mean, it does. Uh, 
you know, I mean, play styles and strategies in Doom, you know. Oh, yeah. I remember the one part of which is it Doom 2 or Doom 1 where a guy would be shooting me. I couldn't see him because he was like up there. I was like, what the hell is he? You just hear him shooting me. I'm like, what the fuck? Because he can't look up. There's almost a charm in not being able to look up, though. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Remember, there wasn't a really 3D first person shooter until Quake. It wasn't 3D. Either was Dark Forces. It was not 3D. That was that was off of like the Doom engine probably as well. Or I guess Wolfenstein engine. Hi, this is Brett Douglas from Perth, Australia. I listen to you guys every week between the start of January to about mid-December. After that, I kind of just tune the fuck out. Sorry, guys. I enjoy the festive season oh, too thanks. much. <laughs> Drink too much alcohol, eat too much of the wrong food, go to too many parties. And then I start listening again about mid-late January. I just want to ask you a question. Do you feel you could do the same thing? You, you, really, you do the podcast religiously, and uh, do you feel like you just want to take a break and enjoy your birthday or a, a festive period sometime? Thanks, guys. We've taken off for Christmas before. We've taken off a week. Not in a long, long time, although I we, believe we, we're doing that this year. We have we're taking it. a week or two this yes. year. I thought we did last year. We took a week. Because you've got you've gone away one. Christmas we might have done it last year because I was sick, but I don't think that was the intent. Because okay. I've we've we've definitely recorded multiple multiple. I've done a best of one year, maybe a few years sure. ago. I remember, yep, we took a week off. Uh, yeah, I think this year we're going to take a, a couple of weeks because it wasn't December. There's nothing happening before Christmas anyway, so it's like, what we're going to do? So we might take a couple of weeks there. Uh, next. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's Patrick from Elgin, Illinois. Hey, Pat. I have a question for both of you. Have either of you ever watched the show Rescue 911, hosted by the great William Shatner? And, Ian, did you know that they actually based a pinball machine off the show? Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Uh, I, th- I might have played that and not realized it was based off of it. Yes, I have definitely played it before. It's kind of a fun machine. Just a rescue sort of theme? Yeah. Uh, there's a helicopter that, like, picks up the ball and moves it, okay. if I recall correctly. Um, it's, you know... I, I never really watched the show. No. I, all I know is that it was memeable, I guess, even back like in the 90s, because I remember my cousin would, would tape it for all the funny reenactment moments. That people, oh, sure. You know. I and mean, that's what people watched cops for, you know. Reenactments and cops? Oh, I'm sorry. Just like, for, well, for the the moments, the weird oh, moments. Oh, the weird shit. Yeah. That, yes. But like the the acting moments that are bad. Gotcha. Unsolved Mysteries didn't usually go that cheesy. They had some good acting on Unsolved Mysteries. They had some good acting. Here and there. Here and there. I, mean, I love Unsolved Mysteries. That's never in doubt, but I don't know if I would call the acting good. It was above Rescue 911. Okay. That. That's fair. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Domino calling from South Carolina. A lot of people love to talk about how franchises like F-Zero and Mother need a new entry. But what about those forgotten Nintendo IPs? So my question to you guys is, what Nintendo IPs that only got one entry would you like to Ugh. see come back? Personally, I would love to see Uni Racers or Mole Mania come back on the eShop as a small downloadable title. Thanks, guys, for the podcast. Uh, Clue Clue Land. I'd love to see a new Clue Clue Land. Does Nintendo own Uni Racers? I I think they might. I think I've looked that up before. Okay. I'll look that up. I'll look it up. But yeah, Clue Clue Land would be mine. I, I think it would be relatively easy to do a new one that would be fun. Uh, no, it's, it was not. It's developed by DMA Design, but published by Nintendo. Okay, so they may not own they the rights to it, it anymore. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it's listed as, yeah, Uniraces, Uniraces is listed as a single entry. Interesting. Um, 
You say Clue Clue Land? Yeah. In the same style or like a yeah. 3D thing? Yeah, do the same style. Just, you know, dip, I mean, more more boards, more mazes, less memorization. VR Clue Clue Land? <laughs> Swing around and get sick and start throwing up in your VR. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to do it for a single one. Obviously, me and John Cena, everyone wants F-Zero. I mean, that's ridiculous how there hasn't been another F-Zero. It's just ridiculous. Um, you'll see another Star Fox eventually, whether the Wii U re- uh, re- remake or a new one. You'll see it. It's big enough. Um, it's it's hard to pick up one, like the one-offs. It's just hard to think of one, like what actually is going to be justifiable uh, to me to, to redo. I think you should see another ra- wave race eventually. That'd be nice. I love There was race. technically two of those. Oh, no, I'm just saying in general. Like, oh, sure, like sure. Like I said, I'm looking at the one-offs, like you know, what, another wild gunman? Like what? Right. A lot of the one-offs actually go back to like, honestly, like the, the 70s. early NES era. Or, or they go yeah. back to the 70s on projection. Sure. Like Doc Hunt was a, you know, before it was a video game, it was, you know, shoot us fucking on a screen. Uh, how about another another pro wrestling? Nintendo, another Nintendo wrestling game. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, that wasn't... Well, yeah, I mean, it was Nintendo, but it was also... I believe that was largely developed by people who went on to form... Even. It was. It wasn't developed by Nintendo. It was... Um, I think there was one or two names. It was Try or some other name that was uh, who developed pro wrestling. The, the, the first Fire Pro game. Hey, fellas. Steve on Long Island. You've both been tasked with coming up with a new sieve and a new leader for the way down the line Civilization Seven. Who you got? <laughs> Fresh leaders? Yeah, like a new leader. I don't know who I, I haven't keep track of who was in the last one. Yeah. There's like forty different leaders in the game, aren't there? There's like tons. There are tons. I wish I could be better at this, but I am not. I have nothing to offer you. I don't know. Say something and people get oh he's being political. Oh, God. Hey, Ian. Uh, hey, uh, Your Holiness Pat uh, Contry, the most Catholic uh, man on YouTube. Wait, uh, what, where does that come from? I don't know. I haven't gone to church in God since high school was the last time I went every Sunday. I just got another drug-related question this week. <laughs> have you guys had any uh, bad trips or even good trips that have kind of fun stories around them um, or bad stories around them? Good or bad stories. I, 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 I've had. I've, I, I have been lucky enough to not ever have one bad trip, and I have tripped a lot. Um, I, I lots of good stories, but I will just say that my my I, and I posted this on Twitter yesterday. My I think my all time favorite acid memory is fairly simple. Uh, my friend John and I and another couple of buddies drove uh, his mom's blue minivan up to Allegheny State Park did acid uh, started in the afternoon and um at night uh we parked the van and i was sitting on top of it while they were kind of like looking around and stuff and looking down the road and the road was tree covered and there was all of these fireflies out just shitloads of lightning bugs and uh flying around lazily in circles and like looking down it it was just this incredible tunnel of like neon light because obviously you're tripping light trails and uh-huh. uh, it just it, it was it will stick out in my mind is maybe the most perfect moment it was fantastic oh who doesn't love a lightning bug that's one, one of the things i missed about living back in jersey and back east was a cute little lightning bug love them that the cats try to jump in swat and you put them in your hand you look at them and you they're let cute. them go let them go and then they're dead in a week and a half because their lives are so short but that's depressing Okay, well, that's it for the CU Podcast. That's it. 
Speaking of depressing, go vote. Make sure you vote today if you haven't mailed it in. Yep, you have do today it. Or, or, or drop it off or, or go vote in person. But uh, I dropped mine off. Uh, well, I, I left it for the mail carrier two days ago. So I'm all good. You got to vote? You going to vote? Oh, yeah. Of course. Get your sticker. I'm going to go home. I'm going to finish work. And at four, I'm going to go vote. And then tonight, I'm going to play pinball. Yes, on 26 and 27 in California, please. I should be able to gamble as much as I want when I want on my phone. Don't die. Oh, don't kids can't vote now. Uh, excuse me, vote. They can't vote. They, they can't, can't gamble. They now. can't gamble now. They can't walk into a casino without an ID. Right. So don't worry about them getting on a phone and get your parents' ID and their credit card. Yeah, I guess it's possible. It is, but it, I mean, it, it, we're not introducing a new problem here. Jesus Christ! Let, right. me, let me gamble online. Let me play poker and lose my money. All right. We'll see you later. Bye.